Hey, we're Damn the Wolves. I'm Jody. I'm Brett. And I'm Rick. And you're listening to Now That's What I Call Damn Good Music. The podcast. <laughs> hey. Yes, very good, very good. Where is uh, that? <laughs> I got the synth plugged in. So in this episode, we're talking about the debut studio album by Las Vegas band The Killers. Released on the 7th of June 2004 in the UK and the 15th of June in the United States. Strange to have different release dates. Mm. Wonder why that is. Ah, I think I might know why that is. I think it, they were signed by a British label first. That's why it came out in Britain. Interesting. Ah. A week early. Um, so this was recorded in various stages in 2003 with many of the tracks recorded as demos, which the band decided to keep as they liked the spontaneity of them. That's interesting. It is, which we'll get into a bit later on. Mm. Produced by Jeff Saltzman and The Killers, mixed by Mark Needham in Los Angeles and Alan Mulder in London. Um, how many how many copies do you reckon this has sold? Bear in mind, this was out in 2004, so this is after... Streaming. After streaming was uh, was is a thing. Um, so, you know, things don't sell gazillions like they used to. Six million. Oh, it's going to go eight. We're, we're quite close for once, aren't we? Yeah. And do you know how many it sold? Seven. Seven. There we no go. way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Getting I think better that, that's this. the closest you two have ever been. I was 50 million out on, on the other one the other week. <laughs> yeah. <well>. <laughs> <laughs> um, this album, uh, obviously a very, very, very big album. It had five Grammy nominations. It was ranked 43rd on Rolling Stone's best albums of the decade in 2013. And Rolling Stone also voted it 30 for 33rd. That's a Easy twister. for you to say. Yeah. yeah. On its list of the 100 greatest debuts of all time. Wow. Blimey. Wow. So where were you guys when you heard the first thing from this? What was the first song you heard from it? I was aware of them from, I think I just started teaching music. And there's a couple of students that kept going on about this band called The Killers. So that's my first recollection of ever hearing about them. Yeah, yeah. probably festivals, I think. Probably maybe Glastonbury, something like that. They, they did a big... Big sort of gig at Glastonbury. Mm -hmm. 2019 um, it was. What, the Glastonbury? No, <laughs> they played earlier on than that. And of course, this, I mean, this being their debut and it literally propelled them to the mainstream, what, what felt like overnight. Um, and there are a lot of big singles on this album. Um, that, so they seemed to be on the radio all the time, didn't they, when they sort of broke through? Yeah, yeah they just seem to be part of your like the last sort of 15 years of your life don't they they just they've just always been there it's hard to explain why or where they, where it came from they just they appeared and they've never sort of gone away and the songs are just sort of timeless aren't they yeah is it just brandon flowers now the killers no, no it's a solo project isn't it isn't it what the killers no brandon flowers <laughs> no 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 the last no, no, the, time i the, saw them live it was just him the original guitar player and the original bass player um the guitar player who we'll call dave because i can't pronounce his surname and the bass player we'll call mark uh, and i can't pronounce his surname <laughs> <laughs> it's yes something like that but they are they they kind of left around 2016 2017 um i don't know whether they do studio stuff or whether they're gone for good but so it is the it's Brandon Flowers and the original drummer. Uh -huh. I just saw the Killers uh, play a festival, not there, but on I don't know online somewhere, and it was just him. I don't think the drummer was there. Mm. My mate, my mate Ronnie, the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> now you're laughing, aren't you? Tell, I'm, I'm laughing because tell the listeners why you're laughing. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ronnie. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of a drummer called Vinny Coliuta, <laughs> and Ronnie's surname is Vinut. G Venucci Junior. So when when I was writing and researching this album, it got into my head that the the drummer from the Killers was Vinnie Renucci. <laughs> <laughs> so all my notes is Vinny. Vinny's great. This I love Vinny's and, he, and you guys are like well, he's not called Vinny. He's called Ronnie. I'm like, don't. He's my favourite drummer. I just favorite don't know what his name is. Vinny Renucci, not <laughs> Ronnie Venucci. <laughs> so how are you going to refer to him in in this podcast, Brett? Are you Vin Vinny Jones? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear should we dig in yeah, yeah let's yeah, do it yeah. track one jenny was a friend of mine i like this song i really like this song yeah i like this song i love I, what i love the most about it is the quirky bass line do you not think the bass is mixed really super loud in this yeah but in a good way yeah yeah I, it, it works really well but it, it's so it's so strong isn't it it really stands out he yes. co-wrote this didn't he the bass player which i guess maybe it's the bass line that kind of spurred the rest of the song on i don't know but maybe 
Yeah. Do, you, do you think it's a perfect example of what personality does? In that I don't think a session player would play that like that. No. And you wouldn't program it like that. That's, yeah, that's a real band member's bass line, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a brilliant example of what a band brings to songs, is those yeah. kind of unique personalities. It's brilliant. And I yeah. think their their relationship with him and... I'm going to be serious and call call him Ronnie. The 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 relationship between the two as that a is drummer and a bass player, um, <laughs> I I think is is just yeah. you can tell how much they blend and how much they gel. And they're a great rhythm section throughout this album, aren't they? And I think Ronnie's very famous for his like sixteenth kind of big disco fat hi hat things that he does, you know. And and when you hear what he works with against the bass guitar, it, I think it's um very clever. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like the um, the fact the bass could only be played with a pick as well. It's a great example of what playing with a pick will do on a bass guitar. Yeah, and I think he's probably playing a Fender Jazz. You know, do you what, what amp do you reckon he's plugged into? Oh, probably Ampeg. Do you reckon? <laughs> but he's not playing a P bass, isn't he? I, no, I think that's a the, that's the tone of a jazz J bass. Yeah, I think so. Ooh. Um, yeah, th- this this is a great opening track to an album. I love I love how the band obviously you you get the whole band coming in and then they drop out for the verse mm-hmm. um, that makes and makes make way for the vocal, which works really well. Got and a the, very eighties vibe about this track, I think. Right, I think the whole me. album has, but yeah, yeah this of course, but bit of Simon Le Bon in this, Brett. Simon Le Bon, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> is there a joke there somewhere? No, it's just the way you went. Ah, Simon Le Bon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, love uh, Brandon Flowers' vocal take in this as well. It sounds very um, kind of impassioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, the, the line that particularly sticks out for me is, "She said she loved me." It's a really strong mm. vocal performance. Do really you good. know what the lyrics are about? I do. Yeah, I did. I did. I did a little bit of reading about that. Do you know who Jenny is? She's not the one with the shrimp boat. She's she's Johnny. not she's not Forrest Gump's love interest. No. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? It's a it's about a murder, isn't it? There was a murder trilogy, and this is the last part of the trilogy, the lyrics of the trilogy. In fact, the second one of the trilogies later on in the album, we'll talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm. So, it's told from the point of view of the murderer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's, it starts with all lies. We took a walk that night, but it wasn't the same. We we had a fight on the promenade. She said she loved me and all that, but it's it's. You know, it's uh Are we talking about a real murder? No. Oh. No. A story. A story. A story. Are you sure? Nope. That's what I think it is. Okay. Oh, oh we, well. uh, do we have to be factual with these things? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit, bit late now, isn't it? Right, right in if we're um we're way off track with that. I've always <laughs> deliberately said things that were just wrong to get people to interact with it. Yeah. We haven't been very factual about the drummer's names. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just go with what you think. That's accidental though in your case. <laughs> <laughs> right, track two, Mr. Brightside. Have, you, have either of you heard of this song? It's, uh, I don't think li- there's a little known song. There's a band or a cover band on, on the planet that has never had this in their set list at some point. I think it's one of those songs, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you go out for a night anywhere, whether it's in, in a bar to watch a band or in a nightclub to dance this you will hear this song yes pretty much guaranteed yes what, what i quite like or like i don't know is that something i can't figure out with this song is it's um it's uplifting the the line i'm mr brightside but the whole song the lyric is um jealousy isn't it and paranoia yeah so it's quite a negative kind of verse so that's so a rumor has it this is based on a true story of brandon flowers um who was with a girl at the time um and he he had some sort of hunch that she was cheating on him. So he went to the bar where he thought she'd be, and sure enough, he found her with another guy. Well, it makes a good story, if not. He got yeah. a good song out of it, didn't he? It's, yeah. done, all right. it's done all right. But, was it a but single? He'd, he'd, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'd only written one verse when they came to record it, and uh, he he just repeated it for the second verse, but it sort of stuck. They liked it. It stuck. It's amazing. So I can't it. think of many other massive songs that have got the same. So it's the same set of lyrics twice. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I love I, I love Ronnie's playing on this. You sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. it's not Vinny's. You love. Well, on my notes, I've got love Vinny's tight sixteenth, <laughs> and then at the end, I've got I know, and I've got the way the drums and bass work in his pre-course is also Ronnie has a great musical mind, so he's he's called Ronnie and Vinny in, <laughs> in my notes in this one. All the drummers. All the drummers. But no, he he. It, this shows why I love him so much as a player because he he has this ability to play real tight, and then he opens up, and the, and the way that he puts his 
these these snare drum notes that he puts in. He puts them in where you think you want to go. That he goes the opposite, but you can. It works so well. He's got such a a musical mind as a drummer. Um, the, the the rhythm section in this song again is is really strong, isn't it? Oh, the, yeah. The ba- the way the bass works, the way the they drums. interplay and work together is, is is brilliant. Yeah. Rick, how hard is the guitar riff at the start of this song? I don't think it's that hard, but people always have you ever fa- played it before, Rick? I just, <laughs> once or twice, but I've got to be honest. Um, when we may or may not have like jammed this or snuck it out, I didn't play it like he did because we played it in a different key, and it would have involved tuning like your high E string differently so, so I didn't. why did we play it in a different key why was it i think you established that oh and then i had to adjust the whole guitar part to fit what you'd already pre-established the key you wanted to play it in oh so yeah it's a semi-tone out from where we did it oh, okay. um but yeah it's it's one of those really unusual fiddly intro you know it's not rocket science but it's it's slightly unusual for a pop song and it's a really high position to be played so there's nothing worse than going and going into a bar or something is there and seeing a band cover it and the intro they get the intro riff wrong like, mm. <laughs> like yeah, i did the guitar but i was doing it deliberately <laughs> it is so one of not those, playing um, that right i know <laughs> it's one of those guitar intros isn't it is up, is up there with like the, one of the most recognizable yeah you know yeah yeah it's just so like, so i've got a couple of little facts for you fun facts um this song has spent more consecutive weeks on the uk single chart <clears throat> excuse me than any other song what more wow. than Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. No way. <clears throat> yes. Sorry really? about that. You got a little frog there. I've got. Yeah, I think it's gone. There it goes. <laughs> um, this was also song of the decade, um, as voted for by Absolute Radio and XFM. Wow. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, and this one, I think you know, is this is quite a big one. This is the second most streamed song of the two thousands on Spotify. Oh no! What's number one? I, I knew you'd say that. And you uh, don't. You don't know, do I you? I do. I do. Oh, go on. Have a guess. When you say two oh. thousands, you mean the whole of the, the noughties. The noughties. Ooh. Oh, I, oh. Uh, I, I know. Go, Amy Winehouse. Oh, it's a good answer, but it's it not right. Oh. oh, oh, is it Sex on Fire? It's a good answer, but it's not oh. right. <laughs> it is I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going Riptide next. I'd have got closer with that, wouldn't I? <laughs> <sighs> right, track three. Smile like you mean it. Can we talk about the bass chords in the breakdown before we do that in Mr. Brightside? Oh, you, we can talk about that. Of course we can. Well, I've done it now. That's my favorite. I was listening to it before. I thought I need to listen to Mr. Brightside again before we um, do this because it's a song you think you know. So I thought I'll listen to it on headphones. And as, as the keyboards were what got me on the headphones, just how many cool keyboard parts that I hadn't picked out before or noticed until you just sit and really tune into them. The keyboard part's awesome in that. The synths throughout is brilliant. Mm. Mm. But then I was thinking, what's my favorite bit? It's the bass chords, isn't it? Yeah, in the breakdown. The, the double notes, the dyads, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sorry. Yes, Carol, that's all right. Next song now. Sorry, I just wanted to get that in there. Track, I thought... <laughs> track three, Smile Like You Mean It. Oh, I know the keyboard so, part to this. Do you want to hear it? We've heard the keyboard part. Oh. How simple is that keyboard? How got, simple this, and catchy is that keyboard I've part? I've been saying that all for the last fortnight about the, out of all the songs and all the parts, th- those four notes, there's just something about those four notes that you can just say, I know what that is. And it's really... I don't know what what makes that so um, effective. I want, yeah, effective. What is it? Is it? Are you asking me? As well, um, just I'm just putting that out there. What, would you like my music professor hat on? I mean, if I if I, I just, take my jacket off, I'm going to put a hat if on. If I put four <laughs> random notes together, it's never going to be like that, is it? No, well, you'd put four random notes together. They don't belong together. That's why you'd go crazy. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Can only count to four as well. <laughs> um, I like the uh, minus six interval that starts it. I think it's that. No, I thought that as well. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is. It's a great keyboard hook, isn't it? It's got to be one of the totally the yeah. best pop keyboard hooks up yep. there with all of them. Yeah. And, and again, another massive song. Yep. And the this keyboard, the synth sound as well as start when that kicks in, that with the, I won't sing it because it won't sound like I played it a minute ago. Yeah. But then when it kicks in, I love the sound. I love the distortion on it as well. Yeah, I'm going to be a little controversial about this song because it's a it's a brilliant, amazing song. But I'm going back to what you said at the start, Joe, about that they kept some of the demos. And I questioned, and I didn't know that, that that's I've only found that out tonight. But I did yeah. question that this song does sound like it's not been overproduced, and it almost sounds like it it is slightly demo like. I think, do you think once, this is one of them. Once once you you've you've heard that, uh, you go back to the uh, listen through the album again with a completely different kind of take. Mm-hmm. And then there are elements of certain songs or complete songs where you, you kind of think, yeah, this does sound quite demo-like. 
Something I, I picked, sorry, Brad, I talked over you. There's something that I picked out was that it makes sense now. The drums sound really... Lo-fi. Well, it's separate. All yep. the, the hands and feet, if that makes sense. Each, it doesn't sound like the same mm-hmm. kit being played. In not necessarily a bad way, but... Maybe that's because it was Ronnie and Vinny playing it. <laughs> there might have been two people <laughs> sat on each other playing it. Maybe that's what was going on. I've, I've heard Ronnie talk about um, how that they would find sounds to, like accentuate hi-hats and stuff so they would go in and, and use like hand claps and stuff on hi-hat notes to make the hi-hat sound wider and bigger right. so that's interesting I, Just, I, to me i can hear like um it doesn't sound like it the kick drum the snare the hi-hats mm-hmm. are all in the same room sometimes i'm gonna, I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw this little this one out there as well because this might change your take on it i don't know whether you two read about who had produced this album or have heard of the producer. No, I haven't. I haven't heard of the producer. So it's produced by Jeff Saltzman, who I hadn't heard of as well. So I did a little bit of research. Um, and when this album was being made, he was actually an entertainment attorney. No way. He wasn't a producer, but he wanted to be a producer. Mm, that might explain it. So this was... I pres- <laughs> was, this his first, was this his first album? I presume this was his first album. And the, the thing that I found very interesting is he only had one effect. Oh, I know. I know it. what it's going to be. Can I? Can I answer? Yeah. Is it going to be um, an echo farm? It is. And it's, is it? Is it? Um, that's a line six thing, isn't it? Because I remember reading about this that that really weird kind of lo-fi vocal. We keep saying lo-fi. That vocal sound, which is slightly distorted with a very short delay on that's it. That's right. So that's why that features so heavily on this album. That's it's like preset one or something, isn't it? On yeah. a line six. But isn't echo it? Farm. It's quite an interesting um, kind of basis for an album isn't it you've got a guy producing that's never produced before very limited kind yeah. of studio stuff and they use some of the demos and it, and there's some of the bigger songs from the the noughties on one album it's yeah crazy. but there's, there's some really great stuff that stems from it. like the ending of um smile like you mean it sounds like a live ending yeah and i love that mm-hmm. need more yeah. of that that was really yeah, cool. so it's a great ending um Another great bass part throughout this song as well. Yep. Um, and a personal highlight for me is the 16th on the hi-hat. Yeah. Yes. And that works really well. Yep. Proper 80s guitar as well in the verse. We keep saying about the 80s flavour yep. of it and the synths, but yep. the verse um, is very 80s in this. I, I also really like how the chorus drops. Yep. You know, usually with the chorus, you kind of, the vocals would go up, everything would get louder, mm-hmm. or, you know, there would be a build. But for this, it feels like it's a drop. Yep. But yep. It, it kind of... It's, it's a lift at the same time. Clever stuff, isn't it? Works really well. Mm. I really, really like this song. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Track four, Somebody Told Me. Um, this uh, It's just awesome. By this point, you're thinking, God, they're unstoppable if you just listened to the album through, wouldn't you? Just Yeah, they're on a roll. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a brilliant intro to this song, isn't it? Yeah. Um, again, just to mention the bass, great bass noodling over the, over that intro with the synth yeah and the offbeats with the, the the offbeat hats yeah that yeah. real kind of disco kind of if we do that then it's like what are you doing that sounds really cheesy but my mate ron he um <laughs> <laughs> he he it's, um just makes everything that sounds eighties pop really cool do you know it, what i mean it kind of sounds like a live intro this to me like something they might have been fiddling around with and then kind of thought oh yeah that works we'll use that yeah one interesting thing that, I mean, for, from a drummer's point of view, hi-hats are usually like 14-inch and Ronnie uses 16-inch hi-hats. Does that make them louder? Well, it's just, it's almost unheard of. I mean, that's a, that's a couple of crash cymbals together. So whether they were used on this album, but his hi-hats are very... Maybe that's to mimic the hand claps you're on about. Well, it could be. It could be. could be. Um, mm. um, I love the vocal performance um, in this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he he sounds really focused when he comes in. Like he's really he really wants to get these words out. Yeah, mm-hmm. get the message across. Yeah, um, super melodic. And the cool harmonics on the guitar and the verse going up and down. What did you call it, Brett? Not like a. What do you call a pick scratch the other day? The other day pick, years. Plucky ago. down a steel. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> a plucky down the steel. It's not a plucky down the steel. I was trying to think what you said. It's like a um. This is more like a finger down the steel, where you can hey. slide up and down playing harmonics in the verse of this. Oh, yeah. You don't know what I'm on about, do you? Yeah, well, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, like the guitar part in the verse. Um, it's moving your hand up and down one string and like forming harmonics, lightly touching the string. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I'm I'm a big fan of the feel change in this as it goes into the first pre-chorus. Yep. Yep. 
Yes, it, yes. It works the, really well. And the, and leading into the bass line that ri- rises up going into that chorus. Yeah, the bass in the chorus is great. Yep. Really great. And it's um, it's it's a great lyric hook as well. But it's nothing that... It just the boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then February last year, confidential, potential, you know, just a rhyme at the end of it. But it, it's hooky, isn't it? Really yeah, hooky. Yeah. Really hooky, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a great it's chorus. A great, great song. Yeah. Um, and the line... What's, it's, um, because heaven um, ain't close in a place like this. Yeah. Yeah, going into the chorus. Yep. And, and the, uh, the boom, boom going into that chorus as well is uh, it's like a great big full stop, isn't it? Yes. It's like a, here comes the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's awesome. Great. Um, yeah, great bass parts throughout the, the chorus there. And they work really well with the, with the offbeat hi-hat. And a big kick drum. It's a big kick drum sound, especially in the verse. It's a very big, punchy kick, kick sound he's got. Bigger than 16 inch. Oh, I would hope so. That <laughs> <laughs> would be a bunch of a bass drum, would it, Ricky? Well, is it? Is it, <laughs> Ricky? <laughs> is it all? Um, is, is it all relative? You have got big hats. You got to have a big kick drum as well. Yeah, I think he does have quite a big kick drum. Like a young Tommy 24. Lee. No, he had a big twenty-six, though, didn't he? I don't know. I think so. Are we talking kick drums? I think he had a twenty-inch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Moving swiftly yeah. along. <laughs> Track don't five. Get me going, don't get me going. Tommy Lee's on OnlyFans now. Did you know that? Why is that? Uh, he's got a big kick drum. <laughs> right. <laughs> Track five, all these things that I've done. Sorry, back. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is um, this is a great intro. Isn't it? Yeah, really, really cool intro. I love it. Just that haunting single note, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, you think, where's this going to go? And again, when the band kicks in, yep. you think, oh my God. Another massive song. Like yeah, a, yeah so the gear changes, isn't it? That just like guides you through the the first part of the song. It just keeps going yeah. up a little gear, and then those toms when the toms come in, you're just like, oh yes, this is. Yep, and um, magic. another superb bass line that works really well with Ronnie's drumming. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. They ripped the bass line off. Did they? Yep. And I read. I actually think I did read this. This isn't something I've made up. That. Brandon Flowers was on about them getting sued. Can you guess who they've ripped it off of? See, a, may, a massive artist. Where do you think they've ripped this off of? Madonna. Close. Same sort of ballpark. It's from David Bowie from Slow Burn. If you right. listen to Slow Burn, it's the exact same bass riff mm. in the verse, but Slow Burn changes chords, so it changes. Mm. It's different, ah. different harmony, but it's an identical riff. You can, I mean, I can, Brandon I can, Flowers thought they were going to be sued, but then said, I think it's been long enough that we'll probably be all right. <laughs> you can hear the David Bowie in, um, influence right yeah. the way through this album, can't course, you, in yeah. various places. Absolutely. And um, in this song, do you think, I can't think of another song or riff that's got a massive hook from a major sort of arpeggio. The guitar lick is a three-note arpeggio, isn't it? You've both gone quiet, haven't you? Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't oh, even got a guitar Brett's nodded here. off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Oh no! <laughs> Is that right? A three-note arpeggio. Yeah, it's an F sharp major. I'm not going to sing it because I'll sing it in the wrong key. And that'll make it more Have a pitch. go. Go on. No, no, I'm trying to turn the keyboard on so I can hear it. I haven't got a guitar. He can't I play? do it. I can. <laughs> it's those notes. <laughs> See, I've done a mashup. Now we smile like you mean it into a. <laughs> <laughs> I was about band. to get the um. The oh god, I hope, Kill- I hope Killers fans don't listen to this. Um, one of my favourite bits of this first verse is the the way he sings. I need direction to perfection. No, 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 help me. Oh, out. that stutter oh. into the, the way chorus. that stutters yeah. oh, on yes. the kick drum yes. is absolutely brilliant. So good, I hit the mic stand. There's <laughs> another classic with how he uses his snare drum placements as well in this stuff that you'd never think of doing that Ronnie does and just makes it sound so so great until you go back and listen to it there's just things that he does like just mind-blowing stuff yeah um the breakdown in this is very unique isn't it i can i say something controversial yes um i don't know if i like it the breakdown i don't know if i like the lyric i've always found that it sort of it stands i really let me just get clear i really like the killers and i really like brandon flowers but that i've got soul but i'm not what does it mean what does it mean i don't know well, I do. Oh, I, uh, okay. Well, Why are you taking a, are you taking a soul out, of soldier? Is it, well, I don't get it. I, I, I had to. <laughs> I had to look it up because of um, curiosity got the better of me because it really does stand out. And this, going back to where we first heard the Killers, I think this was the first Killers song that I heard. 
And right. I remember the lyric in that bit really standing out because it's different and thinking, what does that mean? Anyway, it is based on a guy called Matt Pinfield, who at the time was vice president of A&R at Columbia Records, mm-hmm. um, who obviously the, the killers knew they had a good relationship with him. But he also worked with the US Army as part of a program that mentioned um, that mentored wounded soldiers or PTSD-stricken musician soldiers. Oh, really? Yeah, returning from Iraq. Um, so he he came back um, and went to Las Vegas and, and, and was with the killers. Um, and Brandon Flowers gave him a lift to his hotel but ended up in the hotel bar sort of talking about life and everything. And he went home and wrote this song and that's where the line, wow. I've got soul but I'm not a soldier, is about that guy, Matt I, Pinfield. I read really something... I'm going to get this wrong because, I, but I thought it was something because he's uh, Brandon Flowers is a religious man, isn't he? He's um, I believe he so. belongs to the Mormon Church. Is that the Latter Day Saint one? LS no, no, LSD is a different thing, isn't it? LDS, <laughs> oh my lord, <laughs> the Latter Day Saints. You've not, been on not, it by the sounds of it. <laughs> but I thought it was something to do with missionaries and that, but I might have got that wrong. Sounds like like sending soldiers, but I've got soul, but I'm not a missionary soldier. Well, the the story that I read was say it was based on on Matt Pinfield. Uh, Okay, so but yeah, I'm not sure about that bit. Um, I like it because it's 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 quirky. It stands out. I love the Uh, and it's a massive sing along, isn't it? And when it when the band comes back in after that, that sort of section back in. Yeah, and and you've got this massive vocal kind of production. Um, I'm presuming that's some sort of gospel choir. Yeah, I think it it sounds like a gospel choir. Yeah, it's probably uh, from the LSD it's a, church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super am- anthemic, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, does, what does he say over it? Time, truth, truth, and heart. Heart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and again, nice outro with the with the drum rolls. Brett, is that something that you're? Yeah, no, a totally. Fan of? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a fan of everything that my mate Ronnie Vinny does. <laughs> <laughs> Very inspirational. Track six, Andy, you're a star. Mm. so for me when you listen to this album as i have done quite a few times um you know in the last few weeks you know you can't believe the the quality of these songs like bang 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 mm-hmm. and then when this song starts it's mm. the first moment you think oh this is a bit different that's that's really because i thought and wrote down the same and yeah. I, th- I think <laughs> I think mostly it's because it's obviously it's a big shift in kind of feel, isn't it? It's very lazy, very swaggery. I find it I find it quite challenging to on the and I think it's a a, a clash thing for my ears between the synth and the guitar. I find it really clashy and like almost and I can't explain why. I just find the production of it very challenging. I think the guitar sounds great. It's really different. Yeah. But you know, think what the synth's doing against it, it just sounds a little I, bit. I haven't like, noticed it. I'll have to go back and listen to it now. You've said that. Yeah, that's how I that's how I interpreted it. I, I I one real strength for this song for me is some of Brandon Flowers' melodies, um, especially going into the middle eight. This, he, his head voice in this is very good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, his really like his that. voice throughout this album, I think, is really strong. Now, do you think? Because I think he got better and better after this. I think he's, of, of all the singers that have been successful, I noticed he, I've, I've noticed um, hearing later stuff that his range and his power has just improved. You, often someone comes out, out the gates, don't they, sounding incredible and they maintain it or... You know. I don't know. I think he, he was strong throughout this album. Well, I'm not dissing him. Very I just unique. think he's got better and better since. Well, possibly. Well, maybe it's just me. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this this song actually maybe is, he's uh, taken the Line Six Echo Park off. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, Brett. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's back. He's back. back. Yeah, <laughs> was it one of those little slight dazes then, right? Brett? Just... Do, do you think there's a drum machine on this song? Is it is it a drum machine? Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that a drum machine, or was that you, was that coming out of your body? I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. I think that they, he might do some stuff. Oh, I don't know. You got me thinking now. Well, I questioned it because when I listened back and I thought this one could be one of those demos that we've sort of mentioned. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, it's quite drum machine sounding. Yeah. They might have done the drum machine, left it on there. Maybe. Maybe Ronnie wasn't around, so they just said, oh yeah, we'll leave it with the drum machine. Maybe. The arrangement of this song's good, isn't it? 
I, yeah. I, I like that. And this, yeah. In this second half of this album, because it is an album, there's no doubting it's an album of two halves, isn't it? But the second half of it, there's some really cool arrangement ideas when, and it happens in um, the first track, I don't want to go back, but um, where you just get like one chorus. Yeah. I love that. Or whether you call it a bridge or refrain, whatever. But yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Track seven, On Top. Well, this is straight out of 1984, isn't it? Yeah, oh, the, I should have played that. It's at the so start. dance. The, it's so dancey, isn't I might it? The intro. Turn the, turn the keyboard on in a minute. Great groove as well. Yeah, Some yeah. Love, love the drums coming in. Drums, yeah. Do they come in? They come in on beat two. Is that right? It's not an anacrusis, is it, Rick? You have to Sorry, I was trying to work the keyboard part out. Sorry, an anacrusis. It's not an anacrusis at the start, is it? Or uh, it might be if it comes in on beat two. Does it not start on beat one? That's what an anacrusis is. It's a pickup note or section Brett uh, <laughs> quiz question I don't and know. your answer is I, <laughs> <laughs> um, it has the word shimmy in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I love his phrasing actually in the verses of this <clears throat> I think it's really sounds really cool yes I am um, I can't think of another song that has the words shimmy and shake and bump to the grind in it that isn't on a Motley Crue album I, I <laughs> I have bumped to the grind. It could be like a nineties pop hit, couldn't it? I suppose so. Yeah, you th- like Marky Mark. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, there's another great bass line in this song as well. Yes, yes, yep. solid bass playing throughout this album, actually. And this song is another cool arrangement. Yes. where you get like two bridges or two. I said, like, there's a gear shift into the bridges, and that I, I love that. It's my favourite part of the song in this. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It's, the bridge is awesome in this, and I love, I love a good strong bridge. Yes. Um, I yeah, think there's probably a li- the highlight of the song for me. Actually, mm-hmm. a, we've, this is a, it's obviously eighties, isn't it? It's very, very eighties um, inspired. But I think there's a bit of nineties Brit poppy oasis in this. In the mm-hmm. no one else mm-hmm. getting that? No, no maybe no. not. Okay, I, I find the chorus in this song the when it starts, it kind of it, it starts strong, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Like it, it feels like it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, know what I mean? It's like it, it really starts, and you think, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm yeah. loving this." And then it kind of just drops out of it. Yeah, there's no kind of strong tagline, but I think that's because all the songs before this have had, that, that had yeah. those massive choruses. That um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for this, you've got the bridge that kind of not rescues it, but you that bridge takes it. to The bridge level. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on the keyboard solo? Who are you asking? Is this a Brett question again? <laughs> Don't ask me about keyboards. You, you sounded a bit aggressive there, Brett, so it's a question for Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you asking? <laughs> uh, this question will be directed at Rick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Is that the answer you want to hear? <laughs> no, I just, it, I, for me, it was just a bit of an odd, a bit of an oddity. It's kind of a drop point, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I got, just, it's just the 80s flavour. It just sounds like 1984. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean the Van Halen album, but now I'm thinking about that. It doesn't. <laughs> I love the way the chorus kicks in after the solo. Yeah. That yeah. works a treat. Do you, I was thinking about this, 1984. So it does sound, that is the, the whole sound of this album is, is that kind of era, isn't it? And it was in 2004 that it was released. So 20 years and mm-hmm. they're kind of resurrecting that really cool post, oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. It's not new romantic, post-punk kind of synth laden 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the Madonna yeah. era, isn't it? Eighty-four is that kind of. It's is it. I think this album was heavily influenced by new wave and post-punk, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think as you know. It's, um, um, and now it's almost twenty years since they released this album. Isn't that in? Um, I'm going off on one, aren't I? The uh, the, the, the space of time cycles? doesn't feel that masses uh, no, from doesn't. 1984 to 2004 like it does from 2004 to 2023. I know what you mean. Are they are just. Yeah. yeah, just just musings. Just so I should say, actually, at this point, and I meant to say this a bit earlier, there are different versions of this album. Um, the UK, the US, and Australian um, releases had slightly different track listings, which which go different after "Andy, You're a Star" track six. Um, so we are actually doing the UK version of this. So. Ooh, le- but are we all going to deviate after this? Have well, we all got the same version? We have now. Because me and Joe spoke about it. Oh, we did. Right. Oh, maybe I got. We, a we had version. one of our famous. I had an extra no, you're song. Right, I'm right. You're right. I'm right. I had an extra <laughs> song, and two songs were in a different order. But I think we've we've, we've, we've sorted it. We so, have. so track eight, glamorous indie rock and roll. Ah, uh, that's the last song of mine. See, believe me, Natalie, I've got his track eight. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I got to change your mind. <laughs> Which ain't even on this album. The, what? The, it wasn't on this version. What? On the UK version. That's because I, I, I researched always- that song and I've I deleted it because your mate there said, "Nah, we're not doing." Well, that. why wasn't I involved in this chat? Well, Glamorous we- indie rock and roll is right at the end. Glamorous indie change- rock and roll is track eight on the UK no. release. Where have I been? I've, well, have I got Australian or something? Oh, we, we don't know where you've been, but <laughs> don't, don't want to know. Really. Are you happy to go to track eight, glamorous indie yes, rock let's and roll? It, let's do it. Well, I was going to talk about the track order. I <laughs> well, I love this song. I love that. It, it, I love it. This the groove in this song. If you give me any groove in this tempo, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is just that little head bopping vibe that he's got going on that makes it just a pleasure to listen to. Yeah, it really is. It's so catchy. It's a weird end to an album, though, isn't it? because <laughs> it doesn't end with it <laughs> does mine does it might, I, um, it might do if you're down under have you seen them play this live at like the, the festivals where do stuff? they play it Blastonbury no in the set oh. <laughs> is it at the end ow bang my head again um, um, there's, there's, I love the guitar sound in the intro Rick, going into the verse yep yep really yep. really cool although there's one yeah there's one bit of this song which I think every time I hear it I go a bit and I'll try not to be negative but when he says the word tambourine, then you hear the tambourine. Go, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a yeah. cool little sound effect, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um, but but the, the lyric, know? the lyric is great, isn't it? She plays the drums. I'm on tambourine. Uh huh. It's it's, oh yeah, it's um, great. Do you know this is Brandon Flowers' least favorite Killers song? Is it really? Yes. Why is that? Because it's misunderstood. Because he's trying to be all ironic with it, but he's kind of got it slightly. He's sort of saying we're not. He's being ironic by saying we're not a glamorous indie rock and roll band, but it sounds like they want to be an indie rock and roll band. And I think he felt like they were mislabeled when they came out. Right. Um, so came out with successful. The band came out. Let me get that clear. Um, I actually so, his his vocal delivery of this. Um, I think he he sounds a little bit unhinged in places in this song. Which which reminds me of Gerard Way of uh, Michael. Oh, Michael I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. say there's a couple of moments where I can hear a little bit of. Um, yeah, there are a cu- couple of moments on the album, but in this song in particular. What are you doing, Brett? Sorry, I'm just having a little sip of my squash. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a bit of a um, Tommy air, Tippy. Air, I've got an air leak, so when I sip it, it goes. <laughs> Where's the air leak in you or the carton? It's not in me. Sorry, I'm back. Well, you could do with a cup. Nah, it's boring. <laughs> um. Sorry, I got put off by Brett going. <laughs> uh, I'm also a big fan of Brandon Flowers' voice um, in this. I, th- I think this is one of my favourite vocal performances on the album. This yeah. song, yeah, it just I think he does sound like you know he's really he's really into it. And I particularly like the line um, "Bet your bottom dollar on me," but the way that it goes me into the falsetto note. Mm. I, m- is, is one awesome. of my favourite parts is the bass line, especially in the verse where there's a lot of space. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's he's not doing the obvious thing, is he? He's not, as Rick said. It's it's um it's definitely a band bass player. I think I quite like the the amount of influence you can hear in this because I was going to say my chemical romance, but I can also hear um again I can hear Oasis and because of that I can hear the Beatles, Queen, Queen. Yeah, yeah I guess I that's where my chemical romance and yeah. If you um think about Oasis taking yeah, it does that kind of Queen style. Yeah, that climb up doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second part of the bridge. Gaelic runs. It's also to me one of the only songs on the album that has a real big meaty guitar part. <laughs> meaty guitar. Meaty. It's just like a proper like rock guitar where the you know the album is based around sort of synth. Well, I thought you were going to say more more vegan and vegetarian sounds earlier in the album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what what are your thoughts on the key change at the end? Um, I'm ambivalent, really. <laughs> How about you? Do what you does like that it? mean? I. I what do you mean? What does ambivalent mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've made a new word up, Brett. Ambivalent. He said it till it sticks. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> you said it. He didn't say it. What say it again? I can't. Ambivalent. <laughs> Ambilament. It sounds like a car park. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> sorry. It's late. But no, Ambilament fell off my exhaust. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm actually crying. 
don't know why I've said wrong. I only asked the question. <laughs> you changed the word. That's what was funny. <laughs> what word? Ambivalent. To amb- oh, oh. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's a part of your exhaust. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Can you oh, tell me or no? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I stopped laughing for a minute. Oh, um... I don't have any strong feelings either way, Brett. Isn't that an Eddie Furtado lyric in one of her songs? What? Ambilivance. I don't know. Ambil- ambilivance? Yeah, ambilivance. That's the... I don't want ambilivance. No? Is that, oh, it might be. Up? Yeah, I think I it is. Anyway, what does it mean? Ambivalence. What um, are you saying? Uh, I don't know. Keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... She, yeah, she didn't want... Oh. Can you just tell me what it means? I'm I did. It, it means... <laughs> No strong feelings either way. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. I'll look at. I can't you want to look, look that up? Because you might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I'm going to go in the Blimmin Oxford dictionary. So, now so, go, so going back to the key change. I mean, uh, I think it's a hell of a key change at the end. I'm a bit of an. It's, <laughs> it's another word again. <laughs> oh, that's a different. <laughs> I thought I was being really smart then. <laughs> oh. Having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. And the word is yeah. seriously ambivalent. No, ambivalent. Oh, with a V. With ambivalent. a V, yeah. Ambivalent. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're gonna we're gonna have to carry on, boys, because we're gonna we're gonna be out of time in a minute. Oh. Brett, we'll have to teach you that one at the end. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe write it down for you. What track are we on now? Was we're on track. Nine. Oh, I thought we were on the last track. Oh, we're on okay. track nine. Um, believe show. me, Natalie. Oh, what happened to change your mind? What happened to Midnight Show? Track Midnight nine? Show is track ten <laughs> on the UK so version. Well. Why don't they leave it be? Why can't they just have one track? Order? I don't know, and yeah, I don't know. Write to us and tell us why bands feel they need to do, or labels need to do that in different countries. Yeah, why th- is this that? album in particular is weird that it's there's three different versions, isn't there? So. Mm. It is confusing. But the UK version has track nine as Believe Me, Natalie. Okay. Um, I'm a fan of the drum groove, Brett, and is, the intro it, and the verse. It's really, it, yeah, the, the drum groove is is probably, well, my favourite on the album. It's just, is it? Is it? Snares off, just got that real kind of, not. I'm going to say Latin, it's not, but just that snarey off thing. And then the snares come on and I, I get it. I, I understand what he's doing, but it's very complex to try and work out what he's playing it's quite can I say a drum thing which is probably going to make me sound like an idiot uh-huh. I can hear a bit of La- Larry Mullen Jr. on this do you think in the, the drum groove in no, the verse Larry Mullen was never that intelligent to play this I don't mean that in a bad way I see where you're coming from Rick uh, I'm with you on that one um, I like it when it goes double time this song in the chorus yes 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 very good uh I like, it has one of my favourite lyrics off this album on this. Yep. There's a cliche under your money. That's great, mm, isn't it? That is a good line. That's just, yeah, I like that. That's a good line. Um, the second verse I particularly like where it drops to the kick drum. Um, do you like that, Brett? Yeah, that, I do, yeah. yeah. I like it's the way different. that it pushes, this, like, pushes through this song and then it gets to a point where everything just becomes straight and like, I love that kind of... Yeah, the, the arrangement in this song, as you were saying earlier, Rick, about several other songs on this album, it kind of jumps around a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yep, which which yep. reminds me again of Queen, my my chemical romance, yeah, the, the way it sort of jits around. Yeah. Uh, did my ears uh, hear correctly? Is there brass in the solo of this song? I think it's um, a synth playing a. Is it playing um, horns? Synth horns, I think. Synth but, horns. Yeah, I'm mm. not. Yeah, in a in an eighties fashion. But, right. Um, yeah. Okay. Track ten, a midnight show. Not a mine, but all right. <laughs> So this song, when it when it kicks it is, in, uh, it is it is track ten. Yeah, I think track nine. Oh, okay. I've got. Well, it's track ten. Okay, track ten on the UK version. Should we talk? It's the Midnight song Midnight show. show anyway. So I need to talk about a lyric in this song. Okay, I think I know what lyric you're going to talk about. I've got a short skirt. I just want to look up, look up, look up. Which well, this is is that the only lyric you know on the album, Brett? That's quite rude, isn't it? Do you know why? Uh, this is the second song in that murder trilogy I was on about earlier. So this is from the point of view um, of the murderer. So that's why it's got... Because, yeah, I remember hearing this song and thinking, mm, he's, yeah. and then, yeah, thinking about the lyrics a little bit, and then looking up on looking up about it. That's what it is. It's you the second song in the murder this, trilogy. Does this remind you of a different song, this song at the start? It, it sounds like in. somebody told me to me. It sounds like... The, it, it does. I like it re- that. But the, the with the um the stop going into the chorus sounds like somebody told me, doesn't it? But when, when it kicks in, does it remind you of anything else? 
No. I feel What's quite smug here because at this point I've got similar song arrangement vibe production to somebody told me. I feel well, like we're on the same oh, page. Oh, look at that, that we agree on we, something. Ooh. And from That's a drummer as well. I'm quite proud of myself there. Um, <laughs> this song reminds me of the song Monster by The Automatic when it starts. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I I, I'm not sure which one came out first, so I don't know whether minor, it was a conscious minor. thing or what. That was the Monster. Or just a coincidence. That, that yeah. kind of minor vibe was kind of um, yeah. was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I, um, I struggled to connect with this song a little bit. Um, yeah, I know. I just like that. I like the minor tonality yeah. of it that's that's my favorite bit of this and offbeat yeah. hi-hats again yeah i'm gonna go back to it and and look at the lyrics some more though because i didn't realize it was part of the so-called murder trilogy which the is first that, is song that fact I or is that kind of like a, a fan it, or is theory? that made up by me no no I, it, i've read it before i've heard it before no, but i think it, i think it's fact okay but there's a lot of things i think are fact that aren't um it's uh there was the first song was released later on some oh no i don't know but it was released later on an album or EP or something. Right. But yeah, this was the second song in that trilogy. So this is when the the murder happens. Hence mm. the, um, yeah, the kind of slightly unusual the, the, the minor kind of, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The slightly unusual lyrics here and there. Right, track 11. So this is the final track on the UK version. Is this the final track on your version, Rick? I've got this at track 10. What's this? Everything, Everything will be all right. Everything will be all right. We, we're not going to talk about Change Your Mind, are we? It's not. It's not on the official UK version. I'm afraid. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I. I'm not. Sh- this is my weakest song. I yeah, think. I'm not my cup of tea. Ah, interesting because it's it's a very long intro to this song, isn't it? Yep. Takes you on a journey. This song. Yeah, I like the way this. It's like not the a journey you like, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> but I really connected with this song. Did you? Yeah, I did because I heard it for the first time when I was going through some sort of personal stuff. And I remember that chorus came out and when it was, you know, everything will be all right, mm-hmm. obviously repeated, it, it kind of like it really, um, it gave me a kind of positivity that I, I, was, I needed. I didn't realize I was looking for. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, so this song, probably more than any other on this album, I, I felt a really strong connection with. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, um, and yeah, I also no. love, I mean... I like the whole song. I think the whole song is really strong. I think Brandon Flowers' vocal is really, really good in it. Yeah. yeah. But my favourite part is the keyboard solo. Ooh. Mm. Was that reassuring to you as well at the time? It wasn't. But, and every time I go back and listen to it, I just think it's such a beautiful melody. Over the, there's there's one keyboard doing like a stabby part, isn't there? Yeah. And then there's one doing a, <laughs> it almost sounds like a cheap keyboard. Like playing like a single note melody. Well, do you know he used um well he used some classic keyboards on this like the Roland Juno and not Nord. a cheap keyboard then that one's not Nord but he did use a cheap keyboard um a Korg Microsynth synth am I saying that right Korg Microsynth Brett pick me up here uh Belivident. <laughs> 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 He's benevolent. I know. I can't even say it like you say it. Microcorg. I think it's called a microcorg. I'll look it up there. Microcorg, which is a mini key thing, like you know, like the um, mini Nova thing I was using. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That I was going to get rid of, and then I read that he's using it on this. I was like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't. Um, so it might be that. It might be that that he's using yeah. that, that has a very kind of eighties synthy small yeah. sound at times. So, yeah. Ambient. Yeah. I I, th- I think this is a great. Great song, another really strong bridge. Again, the arrangement is cool because it doesn't go back to that second verse. It goes to the bridge because you've had quite a long intro, obviously a long build-up to the bridge. Um, And the line that I really, really love is, then you took me by surprise, I'm dreaming about those dreamy eyes. I never knew, I never knew. Mm. I thought I love the way he sings that. Do you think there's a little bit of a My Chemical Romance Black Parade about this as well? Yeah. I can easily picture Gerard Way singing oh yeah yeah this. yeah um, and yeah, as a it slightly goes, more deranged way yeah, yeah and as it goes out of the bridge into the last chorus um, there's there's a bit of it as well which reminds me of Alice Cooper <laughs> wow that's random yeah I wasn't yeah, expecting that yeah no well I wasn't it was only as I was listening back to it and I there's I well, don't know whether you know th- there's a bit? couple of stray kind of keyboard notes that are out of key that make it feel a little bit eerie, a little bit kind of 
I don't know, a little bit scary. There was a backing vocal note somewhere. I don't think it was this song. I can't remember where it is. That I thought I remember thinking, that's not in tune, but they kept it in, and that's really cool. Mm. I don't know if it was this now. We might be talking about something. Yeah, different go, have, songs. go back and listen to this, and then listen to "Wind Up Toy" by Alice Cooper. Oh, oh <laughs> Wind Up Toy. I'm serious? Well, like um, not. Oh, that's that. Hey, toy, stupid! But, oh. <laughs> it's off a of hey, stupid, isn't it? It is. How do we get to that from here? <laughs> it's that's a big leap. But seriously, listen to the outro of this, and there's a couple of notes in there where it just hit the keyboard, just hits it slightly out of key. I think and it I makes know you the think. Bit, oh, it makes it puts you on edge. That kind of um, that Alice Cooper song's a childhood trauma type thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's supposed to sound kind of yeah. Yeah. You're not talking about Joe Satriani's guitar notes. I'm not it, talking you? no, no. Oh, can we? That's a good tangent. <laughs> but for me, um, this I think this is a really great end to a very good album not as good as glamorous rock and roll though <laughs> I d- indie yeah. rock and roll I've, see, I've, never, I've never heard it that that way around so that's the only way i've ever known how how have i been listening to it wrong all this time have you have you got the uk cd or did yeah you, i went all the way to australia somewhere? for it <laughs> <laughs> brilliant yeah, oh, it's a UK confusing. edition. I picked it up in Singapore. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> in to the Singapore. listener. <laughs> yeah, on the way to Australia. Yeah, I don't know where it was. <laughs> Apologies to you the listener to, for the you uh, been to Australia for the vague track <laughs> listing from us all. That's, I don't uh, know. Yeah, according to my CD collection, I have. <laughs> so right, let's let's sum it up then. Do you have a favourite song? Yes. Oh, Brett. See, Brett's not sure. I Is do. It, are you ambivalent, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> what are you feeling, Brett? I'm feeling a little bit ambivalent. <laughs> Um, <laughs> go on then Rick what's your um, what's smile your... like you mean it I is it so yeah. I think for me as well just because of those those four notes at the start and the I like yeah I, everything about that song I like I like the lyrics I like the way the, the chorus drops I love the harmony I love the keyboard hook I love the keyboard sound uh, it's slightly do you think it, bit of smile like you mean it, it I love a bit of disdain in a lyric because uh, I think I agree with you, um, do, you do you think it's like the like a kind of ultimate killer song it's got Ooh. a bit of everything that the killers are about. Maybe, yeah. I hadn't thought of it in that way. I just think I, that's my favourite. Mm. That's my favourite. That's the first time we've all had a... Have we all agreed on well, that? I, can't, I do, and then I think, yeah, I really, I, I love the last song, but it's not... Quite, if, if someone said to me, oh, play me a song by the killers, I wouldn't play Everything Will Be yeah, All but Right. You, if they'd never heard of the killers, would you play Mr. Brightside? Possibly. Did you but know? Did you know Mr. Brightside was the first song they wrote for this? We never mentioned was that. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Oh, well, there we go. I, I've I've ended. Are we, I feel like we're getting near the end. I've ended with someone I should have said at the start. <laughs> a bit like their track listing, <laughs> yeah. which they couldn't agree on, and wherever they are in the world. <laughs> should we wrap it up there? Yes. Can, yes. Let's can do someone so. let us know who's in charge of track listing on the worldwide? Yeah, we'd be interested to, to know who's um yeah who's responsible for this kind of shambles that we've had to deal with today. <laughs> yeah, and if you live in Peru, what order are the tracks in? <laughs> God bless Vinny. <laughs> Ronnie! Ronnie! Oh! <laughs> Vinny goes to the LSD church. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please check out our band, Damn the Wolves. Find us at damnthewolves.com and please follow us on all the usual socials. 